good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Unmade Bed. Our apologies that it's been a few weeks, but there's been important things going on. Uh, I'm Adrian. This is my wife, Bree. Say hello, Bree. Hello, Bree. Um, yeah, so one of the reasons um, why uh, it's been a couple of weeks, maybe five or six since we last did a show, was um, we went on holiday. We went to uh, Singapore and Thailand, which are... Two of our favourite places in the world. Yes. Yes. Um, got a particular highlight from the trip this time that you'd like to share? No? Um, no, I mean, to be honest, it was just nice to get, after a few years off, to kind of get back and just get, sort of go to some of the uh, favourite places and uh experience some plus 30 plus degrees heat which mm. you know doesn't happen that often in Tasmania yes no we um there's been a couple of warmish days down here recently but certainly not 30 degrees all day um as always blown away by Singapore we were it's just uh, if you read into the history of Singapore and, and what it was and what it's managed to become, during its modern history, it's really a uh, really a remarkable. Um, how would you put it? Remarkable. I guess turn of events. Yes. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's you know it's not been there's not many countries that have come up as much as Singapore in the sort of the nineteenth century. That, yeah. Sorry, eighteenth twentieth century. Yeah. Um, but I, I did enjoy the. Uh, trip to the Air Force Museum that was that was very good that uh, surprisingly good for something that was free mm. um, and uh, lots of lots of nice uh, history combination of history and uh, and planes that uh, mm. and there was the simulator to play on yes and there was a very good simulator that I could play on and mm. pretend I was shooting other planes yeah so anyway if the royal if the they're not, not the royal the Republic of Singapore Air Force ever gets desperate, I guess they know who to call. Yes. Yeah. yeah. At one stage, and uh, Singapore became independent, I think, in 1960... I'm going to say 68, but that's probably wrong. Anyway, um, they relied on the, the, the Brits for a couple of years until the uh, British Armed Forces pulled out of Singapore. Um, and after the Brits had left, the only thing that Singapore was left with were two Cessna light aircraft, little single engine jobs. That's all they had to defend Singapore while they were um, waiting for the uh, heavy artillery to arrive. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine fighting a war with two single se- with two um, single engine Cessnas. No, but they managed to. You know, I mean, I guess hostilities had ceased at that point, but. Um you know, I guess one of the things that's always impressed me about Singapore is that they're very uh, nationalistic and, mm-hmm. and very proud of the country that they live in. Hmm. And uh, national service there is is not seen as uh, any you know too much of an imposition on people. It's, mm-hmm. it's seen as a duty for hmm. for every uh, well at the moment still. I mean, they're they're still a little bit conservative in the fact that it's only males who get called up for national service. Yeah. But um, it's still seen as something that. That it, that is done and it's just part of life for them. So, yes. I'm sorry, I'm just distracted by one of our cats here, Waldo. He's rubbing his face on one of my recently worn socks, and now he's 
rolling around and trying to eat the sock. Well, that will be uh, that'll be fun to uh, deal with later if he manages to swallow a sock. Hopefully not. No. Okay. Well, um, I guess it's time to deal with the the elephant in the room. It being Friday night when this episode was recorded on the twenty third of September. Tomorrow is the AFL Grand Final, and for the very first time in their combined AFL-VFL history, uh, Geelong and the Sydney Swans are playing off for the 2022 AFL Premiership. Um, And if you're wondering how it's going to go down in our house, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not really sure either, but um, Mm. to be honest, I uh, I looked at uh, getting a hotel room for for the night, but being school holidays, that's just a bit too expensive. So we're going to have to deal with it uh, yeah. head on. Yeah. Um, and uh, I have to say, I'm p- particularly dreading the game tomorrow because Geelong, they've managed to avoid it so far this season in the finals, but Geelong has a history of getting jumped at the start of the game and getting their pants pulled down. Um, And uh, reading on some sports blogs today, that seems to be the universal fear of Geelong supporters is that Sydney will come out and wang on seven goals in the first quarter and it'll be all over Red Rover. Well, I, look, I understand the uh, the fear there, but and certainly if you look at the Collingwood game, that's exactly what we did. We we were up uh, five or six goals on Collingwood at one, at one point early mm-hmm. on came out with a really positive attitude and just just went for it. Mm. But then Collingwood came back. So, you know, if, if that happens, it's certainly not game over um, by any stretch of the imagination mm. because uh, Sydney's job at... Sydney's record at finishing this season has been okay, but not, you know, mm. certainly not uh, infallible in that, that regard. So mm. um, if that happens, but, you know... Um, you know, Geelong goes in the the, the more favoured team by by a reasonable margin, given that uh, you know being the minor premiers and and the record that that Geelong has. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm being pessimistic, but I actually do think the Swans will win tomorrow. He thinks everybody, every team playing Geelong will win. Yeah, well. So, there's just there's something about the the character of the swans that um, um, you can certainly never you can't ever take your foot off the pedal. So what I will say is Geelong's best is good enough to beat the swans. That's right. But it has to be their best. Anything less than their best, and they could be in a hell of a lot of trouble. Mm. Mm. And I guess what you've got to remember about Sydney is it's a very young team. We've got a lot of players who it's their first time, certainly in a grand final, let alone any kind of final. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you you hope that these young guys will stand up and, and do what they need to do. And certainly in the uh, the, the preliminary against Collingwood, they guys like Ellen, Errol Goulden and uh, Chad Warner show that they, you know, it doesn't phase them, that they can mm. come up with the goods. So, but... The extra pressure of a grand final after having, you know, going through the parade and all the, you know, mm-hmm. hoo-ha before, mm-hmm. it can get to a person. Mm-hmm. So, mm. you know, whereas Geelong um, quite deliberately have built a team that are very experienced and uh, many have been, 
some have been in a grand final before, most have been in some sort of final before. Yeah, I think 16 of the team to, that's running out tomorrow played in the 2020 grand final. Yeah, so... Mm. Um, but at the same time, even being experienced, it can, it can maybe make you a little mm. more conservative than you otherwise might be. Yeah. Whereas when you come in as the underdog and you've got nothing to lose, then, uh, you know, things... It's... Yeah. Mm. And then, of course, there's the great unknown of the fact that the two teams are playing on the MCG, which is, well... Neither side's home ground. Geelong plays there much more often than the Swans do. So um, certainly looking at the dimensions of the SCG compared to the dimensions of the MCG, there's a lot of wide open spaces out on the MCG. So we'll see how we go. Uh, Both sides, I don't want to say playing Ducks and Drakes, but both sides have an injury concern hanging over an important player and it remains to be seen. Whether either of them will play or both. So the Swans have Sam Reed, who's carrying a groin injury. I think it's... That's correct, yes. yes. He's the doctor. Um, and uh, Geelong's Max Holmes, you might recall, he pulled up short um, last week and was subbed out of the game. Uh, except uh, the fearing that it was a hamstring injury, but apparently what Max has is... Uh, going to get the name wrong but it's it's some sort of neural thing where the the pain actually comes from the comes from the back um and not the hamstring so it's like something slips in your back and it causes the hamstring to tighten up it's not actually a torn hamstring yeah yeah so uh you reckon a sam reed will play i think so he's too important to the team to to, to not play even if he's not fully fit look if he's not f- if he's not fit then they, obviously they won't play him but if he's mm. you know 80 90 percent they'll they'll take the chance because mm. he's been a the probably you know one of the biggest parts of the change between this year and last year is that he's had a, an excellent season mm. and he's providing that extra uh, extra tall option up forward mm. that's taking some of the heat off buddy Fair enough. So, anyway. But, yes, anyway, that's probably enough about... Uh, that's probably enough in the details of football for not everyone who listens is really into football. People are more concerned... People are more interested in, in uh, the the uh, the battle between you and me and uh, what's going to happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On a personal level. People are wondering, basically, will Adrian lose his shit and start throwing things? Yes, and my answer to that is possibly. Yeah. Um... Look, between the two of us, Adrian's uh, a lot more into, uh, more uh, passionate, passionate about football. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas I really, I, I love the Swans and I love watching football, but I'm more ambivalent. You know, if they win, they win. If not, well, I'm not going to cry about it. So, mm. Mm. I look. I always, I always said I would be happy to see Geelong win one premiership, and I've seen them win three. Yes. So. Um, you've seen the Swans win too. Yes. Um, so we'll see how tomorrow goes. Like I said, Geelong fans are just really being pessimistic about this one because we've been here before and seen what happens. Um, hopefully the right, proper, real, strong Geelong heads out 
onto the field tomorrow. Mm. Moving right along, um, other things that have happened over the past week. Uh, yes, the Queen's funeral. Oh, yes. Mm. Really, I don't want to say strangely addictive television, but if, if you'd have said to me a week ago, Adrian, you're going to sit down and watch an entire church service where they're committing the Queen uh, um, before the private burial, I would have laughed you out of the wherever we were. But it was... You, you see, you don't really get to see inside Westminster Abbey all that often. No. So... Um, and you don't get to see uh, the royal family in that that kind of pageantry all that often these days either it's um you know even even weddings the, the, the most recent weddings of the royal, royal family have not quite had that same they've uh, dialed it back they've dialed it back to be more in touch with the times which mm. is fair enough but the funeral of the queen is is was obviously something much more important mm-hmm. than uh, than any marriage that that has been recently happened and, uh, mm. and quite rightly so um you know as as someone who's a uh, you know a fan of history and and quite a fan of royal history mm-hmm. um, from sort of more into medieval sort of the Tudors and mm. but she's certainly one of the most important uh, historical figures and will be remembered as an important historical figure you know a thousand years from now mm-hmm. much like uh, some of the, the past royals have been mm. highly remembered. Mm. Um, Did you ever keep? And I'm going to test your memory here. Uh, the Queen visited in 1988 to open the new Parliament House in Canberra. That's right. And I believe that every student in Australia got a silver medallion to remember the event by. Have you still got yours? Look, I don't think so, to be honest, unless mm. Mum's got it stashed away somewhere. Yeah, I've got no idea. But I, so I remember the, the time quite well. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, I, I don't. Mum's possibly got some boxes somewhere of some various things that, from about that time, but mm. yes, not specifically, no. Well, I suppose it uh, just remains to be seen how they solve issues like who appears on the $5 note, whether you can still keep the Queen on there because of her acknowledging her as an important historical figure or yes. whether we go down another path and not necessarily put Charles on there but you know maybe some indigenous designs or, or something like that who knows uh, to, to me she should stay on on the five dollar note because she's very important to the history of Australia well she's going to stay on five dollar notes that are already out there it's not like five dollar notes currently in circulation are going to no that that's right but um you know look to be honest, and physical money is probably uh, possibly not going to be around for that long, so there's probably no point in changing it and mm. just leaving it as is mm. without uh, too much fuss. But um, yes, actually, to be honest, uh, I remember when the when the new Parliament House was open. At, uh, I remember the Queen's visit, but um, I do have a very fond memory of uh, visiting. Parliament House uh, probably would have been 89, so not mm-hmm. a little bit after it opened. Mm. 
Um, and there's, so there's that lovely grass hill that... that uh, the lawn that everyone rolls down? Well, we used to, we rolled down, and when we were there in 1989, you can, you after, uh, about a year after that, you could no longer roll down it because oh. there's security barriers um, at every ah, okay. point along it. So Yes. Mm, that's sad. I thought you still could roll down, but you cannot, no, no there's, can't uh, roll down the yeah, hill. There's uh, barriers now that uh, prevent you. Well, at least you can you cannot roll down the entirety of the uh, of the hill of Parliament House. Hmm. Well, boo to that. Um, anything else you wish to discuss uh, for this episode? Noting that this might be a two-part episode, there may be a grand final wrap tomorrow night or Sunday, depending on whether I'm jovial or I've gone to slip my wrists. Um, yes. Oh, either way, I think the people who listen to this will be very interested, so mm. <laughs> we'll make that happen. Yeah. Um, it may not be the uh, the most fun. Mm. It's not going to be fun for one of us. Well, as I said, I'm very ambivalent about the whole thing. If we lose, then we lose to a better team and... Uh, We've got a very young side and there's always next year mm. or the year after or the year after that. Mm. So, Noble thoughts. I'm uh, not not, uh, not too fussed. Mm. But, um, yes, probably the only one thing I would say is I, f- I did feel, feel rather old today when I realised that um, it's the 20th anniversary of George's uh, Serena album. Oh, as in the Brisbane band, George. Yes. Yes. As in the Brisbane band, George, uh, fronted by Katie Noonan mm. and her brother, um, which is, uh, to, to my mind, still one of the best Australian albums of, of all time, with Katie Noonan being one of the uh, best female voices of all time and who is possibly not given enough recognition for mm. for, for being as... She, look, she's got a very stable and, and very good career, but... Mm. <clears throat> Um, I've always felt it maybe could have been a little better compared to to some others who mm. uh, are lesser singers than her who get a bit more of a mm. bit more of a go. So, well, uh, the uh, the music flashback this week we're going back a bit more than twenty years. We're going back. Now, got to do it in my head. Five twenty seven years to nineteen ninety five. This week in nineteen ninety five. Well, I would have been studying for the HSC around this time in 1995. And I would have been in the second year of a pretty pointless arts degree. Mm. Well, look at you, you're doing a podcast, so, you know. Oh, yeah, yep. That was worth <laughs> that was worth the tens of thousands of dollars in hex fees. Okay, so the top ten this week back in 1995. Number ten, Scatman John. Scatman. You remember that, don't you? Okay. Okay. Sorry, I think I blocked that out of my mind. And you Obviously, just, yeah, you just you're busy. That back. Busy studying. Debuting at number nine was Entrance, Stand Alive. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. You know. Did go on to be number one. Uh, number eight, dropping down from number five, someone who's faded from the music scene, Meryl Bainbridge, uh, her second single, Under the Water, but. Um, she had a second album come out, I think, in 1998. And I'm not sure really what she's been doing since then. Um, had all, you know, was was tagged as being one of the next big things and sort of after the first album, it kind of petered out. Yeah. Mm. Uh, 
probably doing some RSL clubs somewhere. Possibly. Uh, number seven, lock up your kids. Michael Jackson was there with You Are Not Alone. That's ah, one of his best songs. Mm, okay. There you go. I'll, I'll let that one go through to the keeper. Uh, number six, for all the angry women out there, Alanis Morissette, you ought to know. Yeah, that, that was kind of more my uh, thing in about 1995. Yeah. At that stage, Jagged Little Pill hadn't come out, so it was just the, just the song, the single. Number five, down from three, a former number one, Jan Arden's Insensitive. Mm. That's a good song. It is a good song, actually. Yeah. It doesn't get played much anymore. No, it, it should be revisited more. If at all. Yeah. Uh, number four, oh, I really hated this, um, FCB with Excalibur. I couldn't even tell you how it actually goes, but it was one of those instrumental dance yeah. abominations. Look at me, I can play with electronic music. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, down from number two, The Steppers, with their one and only hit, Alice. Who the fuck is Alice? Yeah. It was a play on the old 24 years I've been living next door to Alice. Yeah, well, who the fuck are the steppers these days? So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it comes, comes around, goes around, comes around. Number two, on debut, and this will uh, excite you, it was Mariah Carey with Fantasy, one of uh, her very best songs. Yes. yes. Well, uh, I, I... No, sorry, it's probably number two or number three on the Billboard charts... For num- how many weeks at number one? Okay. With probably, I think one sweet day still holds number one. Yeah, some, something the, featuring the boys to men. Number one on the yeah. Billboard charts. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yes. Mm. Uh, number one this week back in 1995, it was Seal with Kiss from a Rose. Yeah. Yeah, less said about that, the better. Look, really. it's a good song, but it's probably just overdone. Yeah, overplayed, I would agree. Okay, well, on that note, I think we might call that an end of part one. So I'll say good night and say good night, Bree. Good night, Bree. And we'll catch you maybe in the next 24 hours, maybe sometime after I've recovered from the fetal position on the unmade bed. (laughs) 